You are Locked On Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to a Locked On Divisional Crossover. It's Locked On Minnesota Twins with Locked On Kansas City Royals. I'm your host of Locked On Twins, Nash Walker. And my co-host tonight, I'll let him introduce himself, Rylan with Locked On Royals. Yeah, I'm Rylan Siles, host of the Locked On Royals podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. Excited to be here. Yeah, really exciting. And we're talking in our first divisional crossover of the year now. It's March 2nd, Rylan, which is just crazy. Uh, opening day is less than a month away and our clubs will play 19 times this year in an AL central that's quickly improving. And the Royals made another addition today. Uh, let's talk about that first Gerard Dyson. And when I saw this, I was just like, that's a Kansas city Royals signing. Run it back. Let's just have the entire 2015 team get back in the fold. I got, I got Wade Davis, got Greg Holland, Salvi's still here. And I got Dyson back that would speed do and a score on a sack fly from, from, Second base, I'm excited. Let's just do 2015 all over again. Yeah, and, and he just kind of fits the mold of this team, right? I mean, it's it's uh, the Royals have built themselves, and correct me if I'm wrong, like I don't know them obviously anywhere near the level that you do, Ryland. But even now, they're a team that's built. They're very fast. You know, they'll swipe bags. They'll play base to base. You know, that's, that's how they beat you. They kind of beat you with a million paper cuts. What's a key for the Royals this year, Ryan? Because I think a lot of people, and Twins fans included, are looking at Kansas City and are excited about what they could bring competitively. Yeah, I think that, you know, I've often given you and your site, you know, Twins Daily, a a huge shout-out on Lockdown Royals because, you know, throughout this entire offseason, I've caught myself and Royals fans getting so excited about the upcoming year. Like, okay, is this something that only Kansas City is talking about? But no, I mean, I saw that some of your writers over there at uh, Twins Daily talked about how you know, they had the Royals pegged for third, and it's kind of catching on now nationally. But Baseball Tonight podcast had the Royals as a dark horse. I think that the feeling in Kansas City is that if everything goes right, which you never want to start a season that way, but if everything goes right, this team can be in the thick of things for a wild card hunt. And if everything doesn't go right, they're still going to be you know, 500 team, give or take a few games, which is far and away more improved than they have been since the world series. So uh, things are heading towards the right direction. And again, if everyone bounces back, if you get color Santana bouncing back, you get Solaire bouncing back, you get all these guys, uh, you know, kind of playing to their, to their career averages, you have a pretty good ball club in Kansas city and a decently winnable division. Not that the Rose are going to win the division itself, but it's not like any team is just so unbeatable that they're going to go 0-19 against somebody. So that in itself helps the Royals a lot. You know, the cross division of playing the NL Central again helps the Royals a lot and every team that's Central a lot because the Pirates are terrible, the Cubs are terrible, and all, on down the line, the NL Central is pretty bad. So I think that the feeling in Kansas City is optimism, as everyone should have right now in, in spring of March 2nd. Uh, but it goes beyond that. The players are talking about holding them to a standard of the postseason and holding them to this higher you know, pedestal of what we had been holding them to, that they're no longer rebuilding, that they're going to make the playoffs this year. I think that that's a little bit too far, but I do think that you should expect from this team and hold this team accountable for being a watchable club. Do not tune out this team whenever Pat Mahomes is slinging the football around come August 1st. This team should still be watchable. They should still be contending every single day. And 
that would be, be a great step in the right direction heading into a 2022 season that this organization has aligned themselves with to make that their go for it year where they're truly contending for the postseason. Yeah, and the Royals in, in 2020, Ryland, actually split with the Twins 5-5 right down the pipe, and they were pesky. I mean, I, I feel like the Royals always play the Twins well, and I went to a series in 2019 where they uh, Nelson Cruz hit like 17 homers in, in a series against them. But when, when he's not doing that, the Royals, they play the Twins tough. And last year they went 26 and 34. I think they dropped 9 of 10 to the White Sox, I want to say. Is that right? The White Sox rough. Yeah, it, it yeah, was I, I think it they was rough. The White Sox, but they did split with the Twins. Uh, Salvador Perez was a monster down the stretch for them. Hit 333, OPS plus 161. So 61% above league average as a hitter. And a player who I love, Ryland, you kind of fall in love with these guys, especially interdivision because uh, you see them so much. And I went to the K. Kaufman is also one of my – I'm not just – I'm not hyping up your team. and I'm not trying to, you know, kiss your feet. But I love Kaufman. Uh, I go to Mizzou, so I'm in Columbia. So I'm, I'm, I'm aware of Kansas City. But I went to Kaufman in 2019 with my dad, and there's a player we just really kind of fell in love with, and that's Hunter Dozier. And, and they just extended him. Love this extension for the Royals. I think Hunter Dozier – is a really solid player and was great in 2019 and really wasn't talked about. I, I, I am, you know, basing my, my memory outside of Kansas city. What'd you think of that extension, Ryan? I mean, it's a win all the way around for Kansas city, because if this deal doesn't work out, right, let's just act like 2020 is who he is, which there's almost no way that he is what he showed in 2020 because he had COVID and he mentioned how he was not asymptomatic, how, you know, it really affected his lung capacity and affected his stamina and affected his game as a whole. I like to throw out 2020, but even if he is bad or even if he is not his 2019 self and he's below that $25 million is nothing in baseball. That's not going to break the bank. And so what you, what you gain from this, number one, you buy out two years of free agency. Now, the Royals have often bought out arbitration. They did that with Hosmer, Moose, Kane, all those guys. What they had never accomplished, though, is buying out free agency. And so with this, the new ownership group gets to prove with this new ownership group that they're going to try and, and keep these homegrown guys, unlike the last regimes have. So th they've already put that PR stamp on this offseason of being the best ran team, the, the team that should set the example for, for small markets. Look at the Royals out here competing while maybe – you know, 27 other teams are not competing. The Royals are one of the handful of teams that they are competing and they're in, in lowly small market Kansas City. They already had all that PR win up until this extension. And this extension just gets them even more of a win heading into this season. And in the first season where fans can start to show their support a little bit at the K with fans allowed in the stadium. And, and I think this ownership group has had a flawless tenure as as the owner of the Royals. I mean, from paying the minor league guys to this offseason to the extension. Even if Hunter Dozier is not who he was in 2019, the $25 million is nothing. It's, it's a drop in the bucket for them, especially with the with the PR favor they get from that extension, especially with buying out the uh, free agency years. Let's talk about fans in the stands, as you mentioned, at spring training. For me thus far, and I don't know if you've been able to catch a Royals game on TV, we've been listening to the Twins because they're not on TV until uh, tomorrow. But this is – it just feels so good to have baseball back. And it was just such a – crazy feeling to hear the fans in the stands those first couple of days. What was that like for you around? It was, it was weird. I think that it was kind of just takes some getting used to. Uh, I did get to watch the Rose play the Cubs today on, on uh, the marquee sports network where the Cubs are calling that thing. Now uh, it, it was 
really odd just watching these fans in the stands and uh, listening to the first couple of games on the radio. Uh, there's moments where fans kind of clamored about a call or this or that as fans do. And the, the Rose radio broadcaster around the Hebrew said it best, like these fans can say or do whatever they want to just the fact that they're here is, is worth it enough. It, it's so refreshing to just hear real fan noise and not this automated wacky pre-recorded stuff that everyone knows is fake and kind of you just can't get into it but it was fun seeing seeing the fans back in the, in the stadium every time that they pull their mask down you kind of cringe a little bit but other than that it was fine i think for us uh, as lockdown hosts and and doing five episodes a week and three a week throughout the pandemic i think that forces you in a way to really buy into the 60 game season and i think in a lot of ways it was it was so taxing for a lot of people inside the game, but I think even for like analysts outside of the game, it was, it was so different and so weird and hard to grasp. And it was fun. I enjoyed all 60 games. I loved it, but it was a little, it was just, it was so weird that it was at times it was hard to enjoy. Yeah. I mean, where are you at with baseball? Cause like for, for me, you know, I'm not, no one's going to listen to someone complain about getting paid to talk about baseball and watch baseball. But last year it just felt like they did everything in their power to mishandle the pandemic and to make the game less fun and to start this war with players and owners and, and bring it out to the public. And while, you know, the public guy is seeing laid off work left and right and struggling for money, they're going to bicker about a couple million dollars here and there. I think that last year was incredibly hard off the field to see how they did the Justin Turner thing and to see how they did, you know, the labor negotiation things. And then, on the field, it was also incredibly hard of like, okay, this is 60 games. So like, do I think Salvador Perez is going to be one of the best hitters in baseball now? No. But do I think that, uh, you know, a guy like Hunter Dozier had a, who had a misstep and, and, had, and had a bad season because he had COVID, do I think he's going to be terrible this year? No. I mean, how do you quantify 60 games in a sport that only preaches sample size? I'm one of the few people that buy into April. I think that April, you know, it it's, counts the same. If you finish a game and a half out of the division, that game and a half could be made up in April, but still, even, even as someone who likes April baseball, which, which most people do not, I couldn't find a way to get behind a 60 game slate. It was fun because everyone, including the Marlins and the giants had a chance, uh, but it, it just was kind of weird. And I think that we kind of got robbed of uh, our first full year covering uh, baseball. So I'm excited for this year. It, last year was taxing just because of the off the field stuff. I mean, from your personal life to what's actually happening with baseball and how they, they handled it compared to basketball or compared to even to football. The, the storylines that came from the, the negative side of things was just so taxing on everyone that this is a good refresher and having fans in the stands and getting this far already in the spring, kind of take a deep breath. Cause even this year you, you thought that the owners wanted to push it back and you thought maybe we wouldn't get to 162. I think seeing the fans there and, and seeing the players play a weekend of the, into the surprise Arizona and, and grapefruit league, things like that. I think that it's kind of a, a breath of fresh air. Like, okay, this is going to happen. We're, we're as close to normal as we can get for now. And we're back. Baseball is back. It's, it's truly back in its you know kind of traditional form. I want to tell you about our good friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a phenomenal protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com. Use promo code Locked On. You will get twenty percent off your next order. It's fabulous. Builtbar.com. Six new flavors: caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp. They have six new flavors along with those 12 original flavors of those original flavors. My personal favorite was the banana bread option for you. So go on over to builtbar.com. Use promo code locked on 20 to get 20% off your next order. 
The Bilt Bars are soft and easy to chew with 100% real chocolate on the outside. They're a great health conscious person to lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Great for the keto diet. Try them out today at Bilbar.com. Whenever you go there, use promo code LOCKDOWN20. Get 20% off your next order. Bilbar.com, promo code LOCKDOWN20. 20% off your next order. Bilbar.com, promo code LOCKDOWN20. 20% off your next order. Yeah, it feels good. It just feels good. It feels good to see. It feels good to hear. Uh, let's compare lineups here. So if you look, and we're just going to move in this direction, but uh, I want to go across the diamond for Kansas City, and then we'll go across the diamond for the Twins. Uh, in the infield, who do you expect to start at those five spots? Yeah, so I think that this is kind of the most interesting part about Kansas City is that they don't have a ton of camp battles at all, especially you know within the lineup itself. They have some bullpen spots open. But the lineup is kind of set. Uh, the only question becomes Mike Matheny. Does he value that traditional Royals philosophy of speed and defense, or does he value maximizing the offense, which we should in 2020 and 2021, you know, in this kind of modern baseball, you should always, I think, prioritize offense. If they want to go the maximum offense route, you'd have Santana at first, you'd have Witt at second, then shortstop's going to be Mondesi, and then third base is going to be Hunter Dozier, catcher, Salvador Perez. The only change to that would be if you do want to get uh, Michael Taylor in there and have Nicky Lopez at second, who's been a gold glove Keller player at second base. If you want to go defense and have Nicky Lopez at second and move Witt to right field, that takes out Elder Livieras. And so your lineup gets worse because you have two black holes in Michael A. Taylor and Nicky Lopez. But that's kind of the only thing up in the air right now. So I think it ultimately will be Nicky Lopez at second and then everyone else is the same, but it can go either way there. And then who's playing center field for the Royals? Is it going to be Michael Taylor? Yeah, I, I think it'll be Michael A. Taylor. Okay. So Michael A. Taylor, offseason addition and in left field. Uh, Benny, Benny and the Royals. Oh, yes. Benintendi, Andrew Benintendi traded to the Kansas City Royals. I think that flew under the radar a little bit, but uh, that's a nice get for them, too. And consider, I think it flew under the radar because Benintendi's another guy who struggled in 2020, right? I think uh, yeah, this that, is the that, all bounce back team. Yeah, right? it is. Yeah. If everything bounces back. This team's going to be really good. If it doesn't, yeah, it's going to be kind of ugly. Yeah. And I, I think there's some upside here in, in the lineup. Um, you know, looking at the twin side, I think if you compare them to the Royals, I think. Uh, you know, they have a lot of guys, too, that, that are looking to bounce back. Mitch Garver, Jorge Polanco, Miguel Sano. There's a, there's a slew of guys for the Twins that need to bounce back for them in 2020. But I think that's just a theme across – or in 2021, rather. I think that's a theme across the league. I think there's there's so many guys who struggled in 2020 who need to bounce back for their clubs and especially on competitive teams. Uh, in the outfield for the Twins, left to right, Alex Kirloff prospect uh, sounds more and more likely like he might start on opening day for the Twins, which is exciting. Not going to play service times there, service time games there potentially. Byron Buxton in center, Max Kepler in right field um, across there. I I'm excited for these games again, Ryan. I think it's going to be fun, and it's always fun when Kansas City plays the Twins and when they come into town, and, and they're going to be more competitive. And I think a guy who I'm watching closely for them. Um, and then maybe you can give me a twin you're watching closely in the rotation, but Brady Singer, uh, young pitcher last year, 113 ERA plus struck out eight and a half per nine walks through 0.2 per nine. But I love the fastball slider combo from him from the right side. And I think this guy's got, he's got an edge. I can tell when I watch him pitch, I like Brady Singer. Tell me about him. Yeah. I think that Brady Singer, you, you mentioned that they're the edge and, and the, the tenacity he pitches with. I love Brady Singer. I think that he has Cy Young type potential. 
I think that he's kind of surprisingly, I mean, this might not sound good for Twins fans, but he's actually one of the back-end guys that, that Royals fans are excited about. Like the excitement level is more there for Daniel Lynch and more there for Asa Lacey. Uh, and then him and Chris Bubich kind of round out the, the core of big arms. And so if he's if he's in the back end of a big arm conversation, you've drafted pretty well because he's really good. Mm-hmm. I think that he has the big league stuff, right? The un, the, the something that intangibles stuff where he has the edge and he has the ability and the mental makeup along with the talent to be a frontline starter. Honestly, I think that he can carve up offenses and, and can be in control more often than not. I think that of this group, the only one I feel more comfortable with is Brad Keller. I think Brad Keller's kind of proven it more and longer, but upside wise and who can be the big splash and the difference maker, I think is Brady Singer because I, because you know what you're going to get from Duffy. You're going to get five hopefully solid to good innings from Duffy. Same thing with Mike Miner. Keller's going to give you a strong six, seven, maybe a run or two here or there. Singer can truly every fifth day give you that one hit performance in Cleveland that he did last year. And he can give you that difference, that difference and, and can give you that kind of shut down fifth day guy. If he can turn into that his second year after the big league uh, kind of introduction last year, if he can do it this year, that'll be awesome for, for the Royals. And he's, he can really be the X factor. You know who's a monster is Josh Stamont. And I know that because I play with him in the show. But for <laughs> those of you who don't know, Josh, is it Stamont or Stamont? Or Stomont. Oh, it's Stomont. Okay. Josh, Josh Stomont is a 6'3", 205-pound uh, reliever right-hander for the Royals. But he pitched against the Twins last year, so Twins fans know him. Uh, this guy is electric. I mean, huge stuff. Fastball over 100. Uh, nasty curve like he is nasty walks have been an issue for him but I think the Royals bullpen last year at least when they played the twins I think it's a big reason why they split with the twins they were shutting things down in the late innings and that's I think more when Trevor Rosenthal was there too but uh talk about this bullpen a little bit the bullpen again this is team all bounce back in the lineup you have Santana you have uh you have Dozier and Soler and Benatendi who need bounce backs Mondesi he's a bounce back in the bullpen, you have Greg Holland, who can try to prove that he really has turned his career back around. And last year was not just a flash-in-the-pan type season. You have uh, Josh Stamont, who you mentioned. He, he can kind of take that next step for him. Other than that, I mean, Wade Davis, can he turn his career around? There's a lot of what-ifs out there. Brad Brock, can he turn his career back around? It's it's up in the air with the bullpen. I, I think that I feel really good about Zimmer. If he's healthy, Barlow pitched incredible last year. If Scott Barlow's right again this year, that really helps. And then you mentioned Josh Stelmont and you mentioned, you know, I think that love lady kind of is the only lefty in the bullpen right now, which could be, you know, detrimental. Other than that, this bullpen has a lot of question marks and it has decent enough upside to kind of be an upper tier bullpen. But if Hovland reverts back to his old ways, you know, to, and shows his age and Davis shows his age and Brock shows his age, then it quickly becomes a pretty below average bullpen. So it can go either way uh, in the pin standpoint. Our partners betonline.ag pegging the Kansas City Royals an OU of 72 and a half. That would put them uh, at fourth in the division behind the Twins, the White Sox, and the Cleveland Indians. Uh, what gave you some optimism that potentially, and, and I know you've mentioned a lot, uh, the Royals upside there for sure with guys bouncing back, but do you think there's a legitimate chance they're better than Cleveland in 2021? Yeah, I think that it, it starts and ends with Cleveland. I don't think that they can top the Twins. I don't think they can top the the White Sox. I, unless, of course, you know, just baseball and randomness happens. But right. I think that realistically you're hoping to top Cleveland. 
I think that they're better than Cleveland. I don't get the love for Cleveland. I mean, it's a decent rotation. They've got a lot of upside guys with Plesak and Bieber and things like that. I don't love the lineup. I think that they're kind of due for a regression. I think 81 wins might be a little bit high for them. I'd go under there for Cleveland. And for Kansas City, you're you're banking on bounce back guys. But listen, if the if the Royals call up Daniel Lynch or they call up another young arm and they kick one of Duffy or, or Minor to the bullpen in like May or June, those two have thrived in the bullpen. They've had their best baseball getting played in that bullpen. So you fix two problems right there. If you get a better Duffy out of the pen and shore up that bullpen with a young star that has upside and dominant stuff, the Royals still have ways to improve within their organization this season, which I don't think Cleveland does. And they have ownership that is going to you know kind of buy into this team. They've proven they want to win this year. Is it realistic to want to win this year? I don't think so. I think that you're realistically hoping for third place. But this organization has somehow truly bought themselves into this being a wild card type team. And at that point, you have an owner that if this team gets off to a hot start in April, which their schedule says that they will, if it gets to a hot start in April and you play good baseball, he'll trade for somebody at the deadline. He'll go crazy. I mean, he'll, he'll buy. Cleveland's not going to buy. I promise you they're not going to buy. So if the only team you know, that can get better is Kansas City, you're looking at the head-to-head matchups, and I think that Kansas City can, can perform very well against Cleveland and can top them for third place in the division, which I get is a low bar compared to where Minnesota's at, where they're already counting themselves in the playoff position. But still, for Kansas City, it's a big step. I want to tell you about our good friends over at betonline.ag. Football might be over, but basketball with college foot basketball and the NBA, they're in full swing, as is the NHL, and soon MLB is ramping up. So BetOnline is the place that has you covered with awards, TV shows, reality TV, and of course, sports. Check them out with real-time updated odds, props on almost anything that you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets for free. So sign up at BetOnline.ag, head over to their website, or use your mobile device to sign up today. Whenever you do at BetOnline.ag, make sure you use our promo code Locked On. When you do that, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportbook experts. Promo code locked on. Promo code locked on at betonline.ag. So check them out today. Yeah, for sure. And I think uh, it's just been a separation the last couple of years of who's going to separate themselves between Detroit and Kansas City. You know, and I think the Royals have always been there, at least in 2019, were a half step better than Detroit. But it was close, a lot closer than it is now, Rylan. I think. I think Detroit has been left in the dust. And I think you're seeing an improving Kansas City team and I think a, a Cleveland team that's gotten worse. I mean, when you trade a five, six, seven win player like Francisco Lindor and then another really good uh, right-hander in Carlos Carrasco, you're going to get worse. I mean, there's just there's no way that you can make up Francisco Lindor's production no matter how many guys you sign. And they, they really only signed Eddie Rosario. Um, Taking them from the and I mean, I, I think that baseball clubhouse too. Clubhouse is a big deal. I think baseball and Carrasco is a really good clubhouse guy. Mm-hmm. And they have a interesting storyline going on with the manager right now of the, of the ball club. That presents some obstacles, I think. Uh, again, I kind of buy into that more in baseball than other sports. I think that that kind of really matters as you're literally living with these guys for an entire summer, not just showing up to the, to the ballpark one day. You're there. You have like four off days a year, it feels like. I think that that really matters. That too plays against them, in my opinion. I just don't get the love for Cleveland. I think that it's kind of just safe and it's kind of just familiar to put Cleveland there. And I do think Kansas City separate themselves from, from the Tigers, but the Tigers are playing a long game and Kansas City is not necessarily doing that. Now, they did make the additions by signing Singer, I mean, by signing Minor and by signing Michael A. Taylor. The only trade that they made really was Ben Attendee. And 
a lot of people do not like Khalil Lee. I, I do like Khalil Lee. I think that he can be really special. But if Khalil Lee never turns out better than Benintendi, you've never really set yourself back for a rebuild scenario. And I don't really buy into the draft positioning in baseball because such a crap should have been Luke Kochaber above Clayton Kershaw. I, I don't think it's that big of a deal. So I think that right now, Kansas City fans feel better than Detroit. But Detroit is still kind of on pace and on, on course for themselves to be really good down the line in the future to where this division, if the Twins can sustain this, and we know the White Sox are probably going to sustain this, if all that happens, this division can quickly go from the worst in baseball to one of the best if all things go well for Kansas City and Detroit. Yeah, I mean, you can only be bad for so long. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. if you're in Detroit, like, how long? It's, it's just like at a certain point, yeah, you'd hope they're going to get better. Riley, how do you view the top of this division with the White Sox and Twins? So I, I still have the White Sox on top. And I, I did see some other odds that have, you know, Minnesota third, which I think is laughable. Minnesota is at worst going to be second. Mm-hmm. Again, the clubhouse, I'm not sure how Lewis is going to mix there with that clubhouse in Chicago to where I really do like the Twins and I like their management style. I like all that. I think that it'll come down the head-to-head. Like I, I think that these two teams, if you, if you take away their head-to-heads, will be identical. And then whoever wins that season series will win the division. That that excites me. I mean, I hope that's uh, I hope that's the case. That just builds the anticipation for those head-to-head games. But I'll tell you, Ryan, there's a uh, well. Let's talk about rivalries a little bit because there's a, a rivalry between the Twins and White Sox that goes back to the Ozzie Gee and Ron Gardenhire days back in you know the aughts. But uh, this has now culminated to a fiery rivalry between the two sides at the top of the central. And it's, it's very exciting. I know the Royals are knocking at the door to get in, but who do you see in the division as, as Kansas city's biggest rival? I'm curious. So the white Sox just kind of piss everyone off to be completely yeah, honest yeah, with you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you remember whenever the Royals were actually good and Jeff Samarja was over there for whatever reason, he started fights with Lewis O'Kane every other Friday night. It felt like <laughs> they got into a ton of fights against Chicago and that year they were fighting everybody to be fair to Chicago they were fighting the A's and Billy Butler was trying to hold things back in his new green jersey it was a mess I mean he had barbecue sauce on his chin it didn't matter <laughs> I, I think that the White Sox are everyone's rival for some reason they just hate them I, I don't really hate the Tigers I, I mean they've never been good at the same time as Kansas City which to be fair to the Tigers only two teams have been good at the same time as Kansas City because they've only been good for two years of my lifetime but yeah, the White Sox. I don't even hate the Twins. I, I like Plouffe. I, 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 you know, whenever he was there, I liked Tory Hunter whenever he was there. I liked all the random Twins that show up yeah. to the K every five days. So I, I like the Twins. I like the the whole Tiger scenario of things where they had Verlander kicking around. Yeah, it's just the White Sox. I hate. I've never liked the White Sox player. I, I've never liked one. Yeah, me neither. Canerco, get out of here. I, I've never liked them. <laughs> the Dirty Sox. Yeah, I, I like, you know, it's so fun to watch Kansas City in, in 2014 and 2015. Um, they played baseball the right way. You got to say that every time they talk about those two. Yeah, it was just so fun. And I was watching, watch this highlight, this YouTube video, like the best playoff moments of the last decade. And it's just so many Royals. I mean, whether it was against them or for them, um, just a special core there with Hosmer and Moustakis and, and Alex Gordon. And that's a time they'll never forget. But how did they get to this point? Because I, I have explained this to people and I'm like, yeah, they had this core, and then those guys left in free agency, right? Yeah, and I do want to say that real quick on the Twins part, because we've been heavily on the Royals part, I envy where the Twins are at right now because of what happened in 2014-15. If you can get into the dance like the Twins should, I mean, the Twins honestly should be sharpied into a wild card spot at the worst. Mm-hmm. If you can get into the dance, anything can happen. 
the Royals should not have made the World Series either year. They shouldn't have beat the A's and they wound up sweeping their way to the World Series, but the A's should have beat them if you just look at it from what the odds say. And then you should have lost to the Astros and you had the Correa error that shouldn't have happened. I mean, just logically, if you play a series out 10 times, that's in the same way. Correa does not make that error and, the, and their inning does not happen and you do not beat the Astros. You should have lost to the Blue Jays. They collapsed. And then the Mets in game one, you had the Hosmer error. And then all of a sudden, Alex Gordon has a game tying home run and you win game one, which again, take away a, a win from Kansas City that goes to the Mets. The Hosmer dash shouldn't happen. If Lucas Duda is able to make a throw that you make in T-ball, all of a sudden Hosmer's out by a mile and you take away that win from Kansas City. And that whole series is different. If you get into the dance, it doesn't matter who you have on your team. You can lose 18 straight. I mean, that's that's what can happen. You can lose 18 straight. I'm not saying that's happened to any club, but it can happen, you know? And that's, it that's can happen. Part of October. But, Ryland, I, I try to say this to people. It's very hard. It's a very tough spot to be because you, you try to say as a Twins fan and to try to level with Twins fans. And I didn't go through – like, I'm 20 years old, so I'm not – this is 18 years back. You know, like, this is 2004, I guess. We're 17 now. But I, I didn't experience the pain of those losses as much as other Twins fans. So I try to level with Twins fans. I'm like, hey, man, you just gotta, we're just going to get in. We got to get in. That's, we just got to get in, and, and then anything can happen. It's like – and then I'll try to not explain the 18 losses as like this is October and weird things happen because I think a lot of games, a lot of series, they were underdogs. But that that is such an October thing. Like it, it's crazy the things that happen. That's why we love it. You know, that's why it's so fun, and that's why playoff baseball is so special, and, and I just get those butterflies every year. Uh, watch and play off baseball because anything can happen. And I try to tell that to twins fans are like, can't even see the light at the end of the tunnel, but they just got to win one. You know, they just got to exactly. win one. You just got to, once exactly. you win one, look, you said it right there. Like, we just win one. You win on the next one. You win a series and look, you're in the world series. You win it in 2015. Those are some of the best moments of my sports fandom because baseball, just being good in baseball, it's different than any other sport. I mean, yep. cause you're, you're investing every day of your summer into this team. And then to get that payoff, I mean, I sat through David DeJesus and Coco Crisp and Chris Getz. I sat through all this Royals crap for two good years of my entire life. I'd never try those for anything. But I can also sit back and realize, look, those those runs easily could have ended in the wild card. And then if you if you lose that wild card game, who knows what you're at in 2015. There's a lot of teams who lose a wild card game and never get back to the playoffs, much less go to two straight World Series. That, that run was incredible. And, and that run was just built on being in the right spot at the right time. As you saw that same team run it back in 2016, wasn't very good. They tried to buy at the deadline. It didn't work out. And then all of a sudden Hosmer's going to, to San Diego and Low Kane's going to Milwaukee. And you're left with Mike Moustakas, who nobody for some reason wanted. And that's kind of the only piece remaining because your bullpen split up. You traded you know, Wade Davis to the Cubs. And, and now the whole course gone. And had you lost to the A's in that wild card spot, who knows where it would have been at, you know, even leading up to that. So just getting in the dance is half the battle. It's the biggest part of the battle to me because I'm sure you can go through those twins losses and at every point say, well, if this or that goes differently, yeah. the twins win this round, who knows what happens from there on out. I get to do it from the vantage point of winning a World Series, which is, is, a lot e- is a lot easier and a lot more comfortable and a lot more fun, I'll admit. But still, just getting there is more than most teams can say. And once you're in, you can beat any team in baseball hands down. The Marlins last year got in. They won a series. Who would have thought that this time last year? Granted, we're not in that pandemic yet this time last year, but still, who would have thought that? Like, like it's, it's just amazing what happens in baseball come postseason time. It is. And that's why we're so great. I'm so grateful 
for what this new front office since they came in, in in 2017 has been able to build and their whole model is like sustained success, sustained success. And I think that frustrates people because they won't, you know, trade big pieces at the deadline, big prospects, and uh, they will go and make big moves. They can sign Josh Donaldson for four years, a 34 year old for 92 million. They'll do things like that when they feel like it's right, but their whole thing is sustained success. They want to get to the dance every year, like you're saying, and they want to uh, outlast teams during the regular season and, and get to October and put their hat in the ring and, and put themselves in the best chance to win in October. But it gets to a certain point, Ryan, when you're like, uh, let's just fast forward through the next six months and uh, <laughs> let's get to October 1st and, and see what Luckily, we're I never got there for Kansas City because if you only have two years of success, you don't really get tired of it yet. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be fun. And I think when you look at the American League, and, and I want to get your, your five teams in the American League uh, that you see in the playoffs, I still think there's a chance we'll have expanded postseason this year. Uh, we'll really? Yeah, you know, I, I don't I've, I've kind of actually, I've if if that happens, you will not be able to shut me up in there at <laughs> least until July. Because don't let this team get hot. I'll, yeah. I'll pull a Kevin Millar and I'll just start talking about how you know in game one we got Singer on the mound, game two Miner <laughs> on the mound, game three anything that we got Keller on the mound. I'll just start doing that from the from the old uh, thirty for thirty on the Red Sox. I'll I'll go off if we get expanded postseason. Yeah, I've kind know. of already pushed that to the side. I mean, look what it happened last year. It happened like the day before. It was like on opening day that it happened. <laughs> yeah, on um, opening day. You, I'll leading up to the first pitch. Stupid. That's what I'm saying. I think there's a there's a <laughs> chance it happens. Uh, my five in the American League. I think the AL East is tough, but I love what the Blue Jays are building there. I think they need one more arm. I think Jake Odorizzi, former twin, would really help them if they went and signed him. Uh, right now, he's still a free agent. I'll go Yankees, White Sox, Twins, Blue Jays, and then oh god, not the Astros, but we'll well we'll go with the Astros just because I I hated the A's offseason. Everything about the A's offseason I thought was horrible. Uh, they lost everyone. Uh, ended up trading away Chris Davis for for Elvis Andrus in a deal that didn't make a lot of sense to me. Uh, not crazy about the West. I, I hope the Angels, but man, they just needed to do more. Like they needed to get uh, uh, every year we're saying they need to get another arm. But if uh, Showtime Shohei Otani was throwing 100 can pitch every Sunday, that's going to help them a lot. I pray that Mike Trout gets into the playoffs. I hope it's them out of the West, but I do have to say the Astros right now. Yeah, and if, if Mike Trout gets in, I really hope that Kansas City doesn't because I would hate, you know, it'd be awful if Kansas City just swept him again as it's, kryptonite, <laughs> as it's kryptonite here. I mean, you look at that 2014 team, I'd argue that, you know, Hosmer and Noe Aoki is better than Mike Trout ever was. But but that's just me. I digress uh, there on that, on that team. But for my five, it's interesting because I think that the conversation for playoffs start and stop with how long can Tampa Bay do this? Like, Mm-hmm. that can free up a, a spot for somebody right there. How long can T- Tampa Bay just continue to trade off guys like Morton and Snell and still be really good? Like, do you, do you have that much confidence that they can do it again? Or are they kind of hitting that, that window of, all right, this time you're going to fail. This time the baseball gods cannot bless you again for being cheap and not extending talent and, and for just giving it away. But it just seems like they always find somebody. So you never want to be the guy that gives up on, on Tampa Bay or, or Tampa Bay, but I just, I don't like the team on paper. And again, you don't win baseball games on paper, but I don't like the team on paper. I don't either. I think they're going to be good, but I just, I think the Jays are better. Mm-hmm. I, I think the Jays are better than the Rays. I think it's probably close, but I mean, I think the Red Sox are going to be better. I think JD Martinez is going to bounce back. I think uh, they made some nice signings with Kike and Marwin, and I think that'll help them depth wise. I don't know. I think it's going to be, the Rays are going to be tested. I think you're right. I would go with New York winning that division, Toronto being a wild card spot, so they get two. 
I think that Houston wins the West. And then you got Chicago and Minnesota again getting in. And I think it again comes down to the head-to-head record. And for there, I'll go ahead and go Chicago, the betting favorite. And then Minnesota gets to host the wild card game if you care oh, about that aspect of it. Toronto. So that'd kind of that'd be kind of fun. <laughs> that would be fun. I mean, I I kind of dream of it and it happened in 2017, but anywhere but Yankee Stadium. But I dream of uh, again that feeling of a wild card is is there's just nothing really like that. I mean that's that is a crazy 162 games comes down to that one night. You know you battle all year, you end up second in the division, and you get in, and it's like it's one game. It's just like that. That is that is nutty. Um, I like those five. I think that was my introduction to my favorite team playing postseason baseball was a home wild card game. Uh, yes. Right before the Chiefs played a Monday Night Football game against Tom Brady, it was incredible. I mean, it was an, it was amazing. That, that what that what that happened there was amazing. I, and I love the one game wild card. I know that traditionalists might not like it. I love it. I think it's one of the nights where baseball is king, and you want to see the drama of it. I love it. Oh, it is it is unbelievable. With Trent Grisham misplaying that ball in 2019, <laughs> the Nats end up going winning the World Series. How much does that happen? It's just like it's crazy when that. The happens. Royals. I mean, if if those two guys don't collide, at, you know, at the at the outfield wall with Hosmer's double, the Royals don't go on and win the world. You know, go to the World Series. They didn't win it, but they went to it. At least they won the AL off of a misplayed double off the top of the wall, off of a ground ball that looped around the third base bag, bag off the bat of Perez. I mean. If that never happens, you don't have one of the AL champions. I mean, it, it's crazy how much that that has impacted baseball in the short time it's been implemented, and it's so fun. It is. Royals twins, 19 times coming up here in 2021. I hope we set the scene well for you. It's going to be a good one. Watch out for Kansas City. They are rolling and getting better. Rylan, thanks so much. I appreciate it. We'll check back I got in. one more hard-hitting question. Oh, here we go. Listen, <laughs> Nelson Cruz. Yes. He, he debuted at 25 years old. Right now, he just signed back with Minnesota. He's 40 years old. And for a, a little tidbit about Nelson Cruz, he, whenever he was coming up with the Rangers, the AAA affiliate was in Oklahoma City. And so I went up and watched him play with the Red Hawks, as I always did. And it was the 4th of July. And I was like, I don't know, 6 or 7 or 8 or 9, something in that range, which is a large, a large range. I get it. But still, 4th of July, it's packed. It's like the only night of the year that it's almost a sellout because it's 4th of July. Nelson Cruz hits four home runs <laughs> in one AAA game. It, I mean, it had him, Kinsler, Ellen Andrews. It was an incredibly loaded AAA team. He had four home runs on the 4th of July. Whenever wow. I was nine years old, wow. when is he going to stop hitting home runs? And specifically, when will he stop hitting home runs against the Royals? I want to know when this will ever end for Nelson Cruz. Yeah, since Nelson Cruz has joined the Minnesota Twins or Island, he's played 25 games against the Kansas City Royals. He's hit 389. <sighs> OPS is 1,448. And in those 25 games, he has 15 home runs and seven doubles, uh, 35 runs batted in. Just they renamed the fountains after him. <laughs> the fountain. But I, I tell you, I went to that series in 2019. I went to uh, either two or three games when Kansas City was in town. I think it was a four-game series. I, I honestly think he like 10 of the 15 came in that series was just monstrous. But that's that's a great story. And I remember him. I used to just go to watch him when he was a ranger at Target Field in, in the uh, you know, 2010, 2011, back in those days, just so I could go watch Nelson Cruz play. It's been really special to have him on the Twins for sure. And I, I hope he doesn't terrorize the Royals too much. I hope it's more White Sox. And, yes, he's killed the White Sox too because he just kind of kills everyone. How does he do it? I mean, we talk about Tom Brady. Get me on the Nelson Cruz diet. 
You got to You should see. I'm not just saying this is like the world's biggest Twins fan, but you got to see him right now. I mean, it is stupid how ripped he is. Like he's, he posts these videos on Instagram and he's just lifting tremendous amounts of weights every day and just unbelievable, unbelievable. It's like Brady a little bit, you know, like the diet. It's like LeBron, those kind of just those athletes that are able to keep their bodies in such amazing shape. It's, it's so fun to watch them perform at a high level so late in their lives. It's crazy. I hope the Royals have, I hope Jorge Soler is that. I hope they re-sign him and he's that. I was going to tweet out, I didn't want to bother you, but I was going to tweet out and say, I just want to welcome uh, future Minnesota Twins DH and free agent signing Jorge Soler to uh, to Minneapolis. And uh... Yeah, you move from Cruz to Soler, and then all of a sudden he becomes a consistent yeah, power hitter yeah. and not just some random power hitter. And Nelson Cruz on July 1st will turn 40. One years old. Who does he play the day after his birthday? He <laughs> plays the Royals in Kauffman Stadium. If a 41-year-old Nelson Cruz on July 2nd at a 7 p.m. game hits a ball into the fountains, I will retire. Rylan, you're the man. See you, brother. See you, man.